Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. You know how lots of people want to travel, but they don't get around to it because life happens? Cassa Grant was terrified of becoming one of those people, so she made it a point to visit all seven continents and has lived on four, all before turning 40. But she sometimes didn't see the value in the experiences she'd had and how they related to leadership. And she could see other offbeat leaders struggling to own their weird. As a brand and leadership coaching and consultant, Casa uses her extensive stories to help people see the universal themes of whatever situation they find themselves in. And then she helps them see that there is a way forward. She helps clients clarify their stories to amplify their impact and simplify their lives. And then she shows them how to have the confidence to put them to good use. They communicate clearly, get more buy-in, and feel really good about how they spend time in their business. Our interview will continue after messages from our sponsors. Did you know that a great accountant can double your business and save you tens of thousands of dollars every single year? But it's hard to find the good ones. That's where Accountant Hires comes in. They match you with an exceptional accountant in just seven days. Every accountant in their network is rigorously tested and vetted, so you can focus on what matters. Hire a top accountant today at Accountant Hires. Go to masterleadership.org forward slash A-H. That's masterleadership.org forward slash A-H. If you want to make money and change lives by selling your knowledge online, do not launch an online course. Only 6% of those are ever completed. Create instead your own branded app and launch the ultimate learning experience that sells. Passion.io is a drag and drop platform where you create interactive content to sell using your own branded app. Forget any tech hassles. You deserve a platform that makes it easy. You can move your existing clients, you can reach new clients, or you can even swap your online course for something that actually works. Delight clients with downloadable and even live content. You can trigger instant action using push notifications, generate more revenue with single touch payment, and you can stream across all devices. Best yet, Try it for free for 14 days. Go to masterleadership.org forward slash passion and get started today. Welcome, Casa Grant. How are you? I'm great. How are you? 
I'm excited. You look happy in your lovely villa there. <laughs> yes, my pretend virtual villa here. <laughs> yes, spring. I am. See it's spring or summer there. Yes. Winter here. So I'm a little jealous. Um, <laughs> all right. So are you ready to pour into our listeners? Yes. Awesome. All right. So Casa, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Well, my path to leadership, I think, was kind of alternately forced on me, but also very odd. I was So that's where I, I work with offbeat leaders because I feel like mine was kind of offbeat. So I started teaching preschool. So I did that for five years when I was in college. And then I started teaching high school and university as well. So I do see those as leadership building activities for sure. You definitely start to understand the basics of human needs and what motivates people better. So that's always my background that I lead from. And from there, I started driving for an adventure travel company and we drove coaches of, you know, 35 to 40 people all over the U S and Mexico and Canada. And there's nothing that will test your leadership skills, like having to deal with 35 (laughs) random tourists, uh, in very, interesting locations with, you know, varying uh, degrees of uncertainty happening at any given time. So that also really helped me hone them. And then I worked out in Antarctica. I went to grad school. When I finished grad school, I had a friend who'd been working in Antarctica for years and he kept encouraging me to come down. And that was where I really started to hone more of my leadership skills around working within bureaucracies, understanding constraints in a way that you, I mean, companies see constraints anytime, right? But we had some major constraints just logistically at the supply, very fundamental supply level and clearly budgetary restraints. It's a governmental agency. So having to deal with like massive levels of bureaucracy and also trying to take care of people in a very harsh environment so that they were safe and effective and we were moving forward with our mission was really challenging, but also really inspiring. So, I mean, I think that basically everything, almost everything I've done has been on that leadership path to some degree, but I would, like I said, I would call it offbeat because it's not like I went and got an MBA and then went and moved into middle management and then moved along from there. It was always kind of in these more extreme environments, I would say. First of all, it helps with your sense of humor about it, which I think is important for any leader. And it helps me just expect the unexpected more because (laughs) I've just seen some very random things come up when it comes to leadership. And so you have to start to learn to trust yourself that, you know, things are going to come up and you're not going to be able to understand where they're coming from or predict anything. And you're just going to have to deal with it. And so building that resilience in that way has really helped me on that leadership path. You're not kidding. When you said you're more of an offbeat leadership route that you took that route because from preschool to Antarctica, it's a <laughs> And the things you learn in preschool are really unique. And you're right, leading people through situations and adults through situations when they have an expectation. Yes. And you have to go and navigate that. And then Antarctica, you are adventurous. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, and I love that you said that one of the things you learned was to expect the unexpected, which Mm. to me, it's the theme that's been going on for a couple of years now, and still people are stuck. So I love that you're talking about learning to trust yourself and the resiliency, because that is what we need in leadership today. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you're doing now? So for the past few years, we were kind of splitting our time between the US and New Zealand, but since the pandemic, we've been here more often, but my partner's a Kiwi. So I've been in New Zealand. I started my own business. I started with branding and copywriting, and then I quickly moved into coaching because, I mean, actually you're doing a lot of that with copywriting anyway, but I could see that I was far more 
uh, suited to that and also that I could offer a lot more value in that space. And so now I work with small to medium-sized companies, usually bringing in under 10 million a year to help them. I call it brand implementation, but it's essentially walking your talk. I will help companies create their brand and create their messaging so that they are really resonating with the people that they need to be resonating with. But I also help them implement it throughout the organization because a lot of times you'll see, you know, platitudes on the website, but then the people who work there are going, that is so not us. And that is creating more and more of logic disconnect. And that's where we're seeing some of these things with the great resignation. It's, I mean, there are many other reasons too, clearly, but I would say that lack of integrity between that line of here's what our brand is and here's how we actually implement it is something that companies may or may not understand that they have that, but they don't know what to do about it. And so that's where I see myself helping them. And that can be through leadership training. That's through brand messaging. That's through some strategic initiatives that they need in order to um, ensure that they're actually, like I said, walking their talk. I love that you're speaking about integrity, walking your talk. So when people hire you as someone who is going to help them with their branding, they don't really know what they're getting into. <laughs> <or> today. <laughs> I mean, it depends. You know, it, it's funny because, you know, it really depends on where they think that their need is. Some of it is, yeah, they, they might come to me because they need help with branding and messaging. And especially with B2B, I, I do specialize in B2B service-based businesses. So, you know, that is a tricky space to be in, especially if you're selling very high ticket items. So, you know, they might come with like, hey, our messaging is terrible. And also we're not connecting with our clients. We're not maintaining our clients, all of these kinds of things. And then they start to see, okay, well, part of the reason for that is because this leader needs more support or, you know, we don't have that strategic roadmap in place. And so that's where sometimes, not always, I'm not going to try to constantly upsell people if they bring me in for one thing, but, you know, we'll start to see gaps and that's where I can start to help them fill those gaps too. So it really does depend on the client and what they need. I also just do individual leadership coaching and that can be really helpful because then they can see, okay, now I see the path. And, you know, I may or may not be the one who helps them implement that, but at least they can see exactly where they need to go to get where they want, what the goals that they need to achieve. You're coaching yeah. people through their process, right? So if they have, exactly. you have this message, well, is your message really, does it serve your audience? Does it have integrity? And that's the word that you use. And if it doesn't, then you offer help, which is necessary mm-hmm. and needed. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now, where can we connect with you? I spend most of my time on LinkedIn. And I also spend a lot of time on Instagram. My handles are just Cassa, C-A-S-S-A Grant. And then I also have my website, which is CassaGrant.com. And you can learn more information about me there. I have a lot of uh, excellent freebies for leaders and branding themed information. So I definitely encourage people to check those out. Yeah, I'm very active on LinkedIn. and I really like to interact there and um, make those connections and have those conversations on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Now, we, I've been saying this for a couple of months, well, for a long time, we're recovering, I think from the global pandemic, COVID-19 and maybe Mm -hmm. variants. I don't know. I don't know. We hope. Yes. (laughs) But anyways, I know that you've learned a couple of things these couple of years, any advice, any practice, any quotes that you want to share with us that help you most during crisis? Yeah. I mean, it's challenging for all of us, of course, but at first I thought, oh, I spent three winters in Antarctica and the winters it's dark for four or five months. It's just dark all the time. And the first winter you're down there, you're kind of watching that last plane take off and thinking like, I've made a huge mistake. Right. And cause you just don't know what's in front of you and you know that it's going to be six months for the next plane and it's going to be dark most of that time. And 
all of these things. And I did watch one person in particular, mental health went really poorly and he was not doing well. So, you know, you're kind of thinking like, oh God, is that going to happen to me? You know? So there's definitely some fear involved there, but for us, we knew a, we had chosen to do it and B, we knew it was going to end at a certain point. Whereas with the pandemic, none of us have chosen this and we don't know when it's going to end or if it's going to end. I mean, you know, there's definitely, I think in the business world, there are certain events where it's like, okay, it, it will get back to normal. I don't think it's going to get back to normal. I don't, I think we're going to have to create a new normal. And that's where this kind of volatility is really scary for people, you know, and rightly so, right? We just really have no idea how to prepare, how to protect ourselves. So that's where you have to go back to those fundamentals of understanding yourself, understanding your business the best that you can, really focusing on what matters to the business and getting really smart about those key metrics that you really have to focus on. And clearly that's different for different businesses, but I think that that's instead of overwhelm, for me, it's putting one foot in front of the other. We want to set goals. We want to be strategic around targets, especially quarterly ones right now, but put one foot in front of the other. Don't catastrophize. Don't go off down that rabbit hole, right? Just continue to do the things that you know are going to build the business and the rest will fall into place. But it's really challenging to do that because, you know, we want to be paying attention. We want to be looking out for hazards and we should be doing that to a degree. But at the end of the day, like I said, there's no way to really imagine or know what's going to happen. You know, we just have to work with what we have. So, I mean, that's not really a quote necessarily, but it's all about locus of control, right? The things that you can control focus on the things that are beyond your control. You want to be aware of, there are some things you can influence, you know, and you can start definitely continue to influence those things, but let go of the stuff that you don't control. It's not doing you any good to try to control it and you're not going to succeed. You know, and it sounds like expect the unexpected, trust yourself and resiliency should be the new normal. Yeah. You know, when I think about that, it helps with the mindset. It's like, you know, this is what it's going to be. And you can be fluid in that leadership for sure. It needs to be consistent and consistency in helping people to see that is what you're doing. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of leaders can be consistent by, again, when we have these uncertain times, being honest about it, being honest about, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Here's my best guess. And here's what I'm doing as a result of that. But you know, anything that doesn't ring true to people is going to erode trust. And trust is the number one thing we need right now, even because we can't trust in all these other environments around us, right? So if we can trust our work environment, that's going to make a huge difference to a lot of people. There's a saying about music is what happens between the notes and it's trust is what happens between the big meetings, right? The big all hands. It's like the thing, the way that you show up for your people is how you build that trust one little brick at a time. I love that. You know, trust for me is a big deal. And I believe that it is the foundation of leadership. Good mm-hmm. leader, you know. Yes. Um, now, as a lifelong learner, Casa, what are you learning right now? Right now, I'm focusing, I'm going into vacation right now, but I'm so I always like to have a few. This sounds so dorky, but it's true. I like to have a few things I'm focusing on that I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. And Steve Chandler is a coach that I really like. And he had recommended a book called Be So Good They Can't Ignore You, which is a Steve Martin quote. So I'm thinking about ways to hone my craft so that I can show up and just, I mean, I already get great results from my clients, but I think it's just so important to continue focusing on getting better at it. Right. So I'm looking at like a very light and fun strategically learning plan for while I'm on vacation. I get excited about that. That's really fun for me. And it's really interesting for me. And ultimately that's the great thing about being a coach is like, 
the more self-improvement I do, the better I am for my clients. Like I had a friend who was a massage therapist. He's like, it's great. The more massages I get, the better I am being a massage therapist. And it's kind of the same for me where it's like, yeah, I love learning more and getting better at coaching. And also that helps my clients. So that'll be the main thing I'm focusing on is the key strategic areas for me to improve my coaching and help get people results really fast. Like I use NLP a lot, which I really enjoy. And sleight of mouth and things like that, like language patterns that will help people get out of subconscious beliefs. But I want to get even more skilled at that. So that's one of the goals right now. You know, I love how you love what you do. You love it so much that you're taking it with you on vacation. It's <laughs> you are. You can't separate that. And it's, so, it's true. Yeah. You know, and it's the foundation of who you are to your core. And I think, you know, when I look at someone who I would want to hire to help me, it would be someone who loves doing what they're doing. Yes. So, now, Casa, when you think about leadership today, mm. what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? Well, there's a couple of things. What most concerns me is people having a hard time bringing their full selves to work. And by this, I don't mean that you're an oversharer and you talk about things that are completely inappropriate for work. But I do mean, like, if you have a background like mine, where it's, you know, you don't have an MBA, you might feel like, am I legit? You know, being able to be honest, like not in a way that's self-deprecating, but just like tell your stories about your history and not always coming back to it either. Because I've definitely had leaders like that, where they're just like always drawing parallels to this job they had 20 years ago. That's kind of not relevant, but more about pulling those stories from everyday life and putting your unique twists on it as an offbeat leader. You know, I think that people struggle with either oversharing or not sharing enough. And so then they have this authenticity disconnect with their people. And so helping bridge that gap, I think is really important. That's something I'm concerned with. The other thing I see too, well, this is just across the board, overwork, lack of delegation, lack of communication as a result of that. People thinking they have to do all of it themselves, especially if you've moved up the ladder, the leadership ladder. I mean, I see this so much of just like people thinking that they have to prove themselves by just working themselves to the bone and it's not helping anyone. It's actually creating bottlenecks that are completely unnecessary. So that's a whole other podcast episode. (laughs) I know this happens a lot in education where people, especially yes where they feel like they have to prove their very existence, but it's also cultural because it's coming from the very top. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it's because so you'll see the leader, the, the CEO going, don't do that. But then messaging people at night or whatever, you know, on Slack. And it's just like, you set the tone. And if you cannot say one thing and then do another and expect people to just do what you say, that's not going to happen. Right. So that's, again, that integrity of walking your talk. So those are the big things that concern me. And, you know, we're seeing more and more burnout as a result of this type of behavior. And it's just not worth it. I just am like, life is too short. I mean, what are we trying to prove here? I don't know if it's like the American manifest destiny attitude or what it is exactly, but I think it's because people really want to do their best. I mean, who doesn't want to do their best, right? So if they think that that's the expectation, they're going to rise to that expectation to their best of their abilities, even if it's harmful to them and, and to the company in the long term, right? So that's where the leaders have to really protect themselves and their people by having those really strong boundaries and actually using a lot of self-discipline to make sure that they're not saying something and then doing another thing. I guess that's what it kind of all comes down to on that one is, again, that integrity. The cost of doing that, though, is so high. Oh, yeah. 
I've gone through burnout. I went through burnout in my early 40s and I'm still feeling the consequences of that. And people don't mm-hmm. understand. I, you know, you ask people, what is burnout? They think it's a headache. <laughs> they don't understand yeah. what true burnout is. But what you're talking about, that kind of practice really will take you to burnout. And that has deep consequences. It raises the levels of cortisol and your autonomic nervous system cannot handle that. You know, we're not made to do that. So it's like, why are we asking people to do that? Why are we asking ourselves to do that? We have to really do things with intention. And actually, you know, with that comes to the third thing that I really see that concerns me is a lack of intention and a lack of essentialism, basically, right? What is the most important thing that has to get done? Everything else can either wait or not get done. It's not important. And that's, I think, what leads to this constant, oh, ping, 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 whatever. It's like people just have a really hard time prioritizing and understanding those key initiatives and then saying no to the things that are not those key initiatives. And, you know, that's the thing that's challenging. So especially, like I said, if you have a CEO or a leader who's pushing you and not being strategic, what are you supposed to do as the employee, right? Like you kind of have to lead up sometimes and that's also really uncomfortable. So, but the things that excite me, I think that are really great are that people are starting to be a lot more honest with themselves about, again, life's too short. (laughs) I'm no longer available for this kind of activity. And I think that that's really exciting because it's forcing companies and status quo activities to get a really close look, even just the stuff around working from home. Yes, there are certain boundaries that we still need to put in place. I feel like that's kind of like when we first got cell phones, you know, people were taking calls in restaurants and nobody really knew the etiquette that well. And now it's like, I get nervous. I don't even call people without scheduling it first, right? Like I don't just call people up anymore. And so I think we're going to get there eventually. Like right now we're still kind of figuring out, okay, what does it really mean to work from home and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. But that to me is really exciting from an environmental standpoint, of course, and also from a flexibility standpoint, you know, the whole idea of your boss having to stand over and watch you is from the industrial age. Most of us do not work industrial jobs. And that's not everyone clearly, but a lot of people who are working from home, they're not working industrial jobs. So either the work gets done or it doesn't. So you don't need the boss standing over you, making sure everybody's working. And that level of trust that companies are going to have to have more and more in their employees, I think is going to be better across the board. One of my very first clients as a copywriter was a change management consultant who advises people who are becoming certified for B Corps. And he paid me to read like Harvard Business Review and Peter Drucker and all these really amazing minds around um, this kind of organizational development. I think organizations are going to get flatter, but more agile. And I think that that's a really good thing. It's going to drive more accountability and make sure that people are happier at work. And I'm seeing that happen more and more and more. So it's just a matter of which companies are going to catch on to it and which ones are going to drag their feet. We will see. Because I don't think you necessarily need to be super passionate about what you do. You need to be competent at it enough. Like, so for example, I was a materials manager in Antarctica. And I never thought, oh, it'll be fun to count stuff and put it on shelves, right? Like, which is essentially, I call it like advanced fetch. Like, can you find the thing? Go get it. You know, so I never thought that would be a really fun job. It became one of my favorite jobs because I got really good at it. I could see the systems and how I wanted to improve the system. So I had that autonomy. I had that ability to really have more say in how things were done and improve things for other people. And so it felt like I was making a difference. I was helping people. There were all these parts of that job that you would not see on on the surface. Ooh, that's going to be a job that's really fun and interesting. But it was. And I think that that's the case for a lot of people. Like your job doesn't have to be something that you're just passionate about. It it also needs to be something that you can see your autonomy. You can see the difference that you're making. You can get really good at 
And then you start to see how to improve it more and more. So that creates more of that autonomy. So I think that we're going to see more of that as well as people hopefully continue to focus on how to use that capital in their careers, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And it it brings to mind a couple of things. One is, you know, having these boundaries or becoming someone who places these boundaries and starts to think differently. I think it's because of a couple of things. I think it's because of the pandemic, but I also think it's a generational thing. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's funny because I'm right on the cusp of Gen X and millennials. And yeah, I think so. I mean, from a very young age, well, first of all, I started to think, I don't think we're going to make it as humans on the planet. I mean, I don't know that. Now I'm a technologist and I think that we might find some things in technology to save us, but. (laughs) Technology, yes, but humans need to really up their level and how they care about about each other. Absolutely. Definitely. But I started to realize at like, you know, 20 or something, I was just like, whoa, I don't think we're going to make it. And that really changed my entire trajectory of how I was looking at my life. You know, it was like, I don't have time to, you know, do a traditional job path or whatever, you know, it just didn't make sense to me because it was like, well, we just don't know what's going to happen. I might as well do what I think is important to me, which at that time was travel. I really wanted to travel and I have, you know, I wanted to say, okay, when I'm 40, I've been able to do these things. And it wasn't just about like, you know, bragging rights. It was more like, I wanted to do those things. So you start to think more about what is my life really about? Sometimes it is just about following a certain path and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but other times it's not. And when you have that realization, I think more people in my age and a little bit younger have had that realization of like, what's the point of all this? Like the point is living a good life in my opinion. So what are the things that are going to help me get there? And that may be a path that's a little more what I would call traditional. I'm doing air quotes right now, but it also might not be, and it's okay to have either. Right. So I've interviewed people across all generations And, you know, I can see Gen Xers, Gen Zers, millennials, the way they think, but also even older generations shifting and embracing. And I love that we can come across and talk about the way we're thinking. Well, and I think, you know, the information age, it's been so amazing in terms of like being able to access the information that you need when you need it has been such a game changer with that. And I think that's part of what's happening here is, you know, we always had information before clearly, but what access did you have to it based on who you were? I mean, could I have run a business from my home 20 years ago? The barriers to entry on certain things are so much lower and it's just, it really does create more equality in that way. And the other thing is, you know, I mean, we're always looking for meaning as humans. And so I think that's just come to the forefront more and more in the past like 10 or 15 years. And I think it's going to continue because it's like I said, what's the point? What is the point of all this, right? Like if you can wake up in the morning and say, you know, I did my best yesterday. I think that's the point too, you know, and that might not always be the case, right? But you learn from it and you try to get better. So that to me is what's satisfying, but you know, it it could be different for different people. Yeah. I love the offbeat thinking, offbeat leadership. Um, It just speaks to my heart. All right. So you have an option here. You can take a question from a former guest or you can Mm -hmm. share a challenge or struggle that you learned from. I'd love a question from a former guest, actually. I'm not surprised. All right. So Tina Clements wants to know, what have you done this year to follow your personal dream and goals? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I mean, I will say that I have really doubled down on the coaching. Like I knew I wanted to coach for a while. I started putting things in motion kind of in 2019. And then this year I was just like, all right, there's no more excuses for like getting out there for making myself known, for really showing up as the kind of leader I want to follow. And so 
I'm really proud of that. Actually, <laughs> it's scary and it takes time. And I mean, as you know, you have to continue to push yourself and to continue to put yourself out there. And especially at first, it can feel really scary as, you know, building a personal brand, all of those things. But I've just decided like, again, one foot in front of the other, I'm going to do my LinkedIn post today. I'm going to sign up for podcasts. I'm going to do these things. And it's just one little thing adds, and then you continue to build that capital. So I'm really proud of how I've put that in motion and stuck with it. The quote that comes to mind for me when I think about you is that beautiful quote by Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Where you take ownership, you take the responsibility of doing that because we can't teach what we're not. I mean, I guess we can, because we have a lot of teachers that are doing that or (laughs) educators or leaders, right? Um, However, to really nail it and to really hit the hearts of our students, we've got to walk the talk. Mm. and be that change. And so I see that in you. And I love that. You Thank truly, you so much. You truly inspire me, Casa. Oh, um, that is such a beautiful compliment. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. So as a listener of this podcast, what's a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? I would say, what is the number one skill that has helped you the most as a leader? I know that's pretty technical, but I do think that that's an important one to think about because Again, it comes down to that essentialism. What are the things that are going to bring you the most value? Love that question. I will certainly pose it to the next guest that's coming on. Now, is there anything else you'd want to share with our listeners? I guess really it's all about, it's worth it to make the effort. You know, I mean, if you feel like you could be better at what you're doing, it's worth it to make the effort. If you feel like you could be changing your life a little bit to make yourself a little more satisfied, not even talking about happiness. It's more about satisfaction to me. And then it's worth it. Try. Just put one little foot in front of the other. (laughs) And Cassa, you ooze integrity. And I know that people that are listening to this will want to connect. So tell us again your website and how to connect with you. Yeah. CassaGrant.com. So it's C-A-S-S-A, G-R-A-N-T.com. And then LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn and also on Instagram. So they're both just Cassa Grant is how you can find me there. I will definitely connect. So reach out and Yeah, I'd love to hear what people think of the episode and give them any freebies that they might like or just connect. I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation. Likewise. Thank you so much. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.